Do you know Emily uh, Faye Coleman, who does the Boo Ha Ha and um, After Nunified uh, podcast here in Portland? I I may have met her, but I do smoke a lot of weed, so I don't want to uh, hurt her feelings by saying no, but... Uh, it's, I, I, if I can't say that I have. Well, she works on the same um, podcast network as Chris Cotomy, Co- mm-hmm. and um, she does a podcast called Boo Ha Ha. I was on episode two of that one. It's a it's a ghost story one. It's oh. called uh, the name of it is called Toolbox Full of Nipples. It's <laughs> oh, fantastic. Toolbox so. Full of Nipples. That sounds horrifying. Yeah, it's. It- <laughs> I hate I was, tools. I do not like toolboxes of any sort. Fuck tools. Who needs a toolbox full of I tools? I banged my shin on a craftsman toolbox one time, and it was unpleasant. So, so you've hated tools ever also since? hit my shin on a nipple one time, and that was really bad. Did it Did it hurt the nipple? Well, it was cold out, and it cut the shit out of my ankle. <laughs> did you bleed for very long? Yeah, it was brutal. She was a witch, too. <laughs> but it's Portland. Like You just have to actually, in Portland, when it's cold out, you have to specify it's colder than a non-witch's tit uh, in Portland. Uh, oh, well, well, you know what? Portland doesn't get that cold. I mean, for poor Portlanders, well, they're going to bitch about anything anyways. And right. I'm from here. We're really a whiny people. Yeah, you guys are. But that's okay. I mean. That's why I'm nobody notices I'm Jewish in Portland. It's They just think I'm from Portland in Portland. Shit, they found us, Chris. <laughs> Is there any, has there ever been a time where people have heard sirens and didn't make that joke? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. They They're coming us. for me. They found me. <laughs> um, but anyway, so yeah. Um, so here locally, I've been on the Boo Ha Ha. And, uh, you know, Emily's actually going to be on with me in a couple of weeks. Nice. And she and I are going to talk about American Vandal. Shout so, out to Emily. Yeah. She's, she's an amazing girl, and her podcasts are really good. The so American Vandal's one with the weenies? Yes, that's the one with drawing the dicks on the cars, yes. I just watched uh, one of my favorite ways to objectify foreigners is uh, Irish People Watch which is a great YouTube video series, or Irish people tried things. Uh-huh. Um, it's on, uh, I'm not going to give them promotions, but there's a, you find them on YouTube and it's just, they just get Irish people to, and they're comics. I, just, I didn't know this originally. They're all stand ups. Oh, okay. I'm just like, Oh man, Irish people are just the funniest they're motherfuckers hilarious. in the world. Yeah. These guys are really quippy. Um, <laughs> and it was, no, they're all stand ups, which I find out later on. Oh, okay. Um, but they get them to try. Uh-oh. I'll be damned. That's my phone. If I do that for more than 10 seconds, does somebody have to get a royalty check for, like, are we going to get a takedown notice for copying their ringtone? Um, Apple doesn't care. Apple just wants you to know that they're there. Apple doesn't Apple doesn't care unless you pay whatever that Apple Cares fee is, and then Apple's required to care to the extent that the contract holds them obliged. That is correct, yes. I forget. Oh, yeah, those YouTube videos. Irish people trying things. It's pretty fun to watch people with accents try things yeah uh, well it's just fun I, I, all this stuff is fun just regardless of what it is um yeah. so let's talk about who we are and why we're here i'm april i'm with uh bless your heart podcast from the you gonna meow podcast network meow meow uh you can find me at uh, www.yougonnameow.com and of course all the regular facebook.com twitter.com and instagram.com backslash you gonna meow meow and that's us. And I'm here with my co-host, uh, Christopher Boatwright. I almost said just said Chris, but Christopher <laughs> Boatwright. Sorry about that. Uh, that's fine. You know, if you see me on public, I'm Chris. I'm Hey You. I'm uh, that Jew. Uh, Christopher Boatwright. Uh, you can find me on Facebook as Christopher Boatwright. Mm-hmm. Uh, the traditional anglicized spellings of both of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Logris, L-O-G-R-U-S, Z as in Zulu, Echo Delta, Z-E-D, Logris, Z, at Twitter. Same, uh, if you've gone to the trouble, I won't spell it again. Tweet. Uh, tweet. Uh, same, Logris, Z, uh, on YouTube. And uh, keep your eyes peeled and your and your ears open for me announcing my huge podcasting uh, uh 
announcement, which will just be that I've further delayed uh, creating my web page. <laughs> you know, oh. it's a- and you can also find me weekly at um, uh, uh, Neighborhood House Food Bank uh, located in Multnomah Village. It is a terrific food bank. Come on down for the pastries. Stay for the weird conversations. Yes, definitely. And what about the hot box? Oh, hot box comedy. Thank you so much for mm-hmm. – uh, God, I am not as sober as I thought I was. Uh, hot box comedy. Uh, That's us- why I'm here. Usually Thursday nights at uh, the hot box, 3607 Southwest Corbett Avenue, attached to Canna in the city. And uh, that's where I host an open mic, uh, but there are multiple events. If you look for the Hotbox Comedy Network, Hotbox is one word, uh, on Facebook, um, I keep you updated with what's going on at the Hotbox and uh, just banal things that I can't find anybody else to listen to. Mm-hmm. Perfect. So there you go. That's where you found Chris and that's where you find me. Now, Chris, you we've been talking about doing some segments on the show, like creating common segments that mm-hmm. we'll do with different people and just in general. And one of them you want to do is the mailbag. Mm-hmm. So um, let's go ahead and just go go ahead and get some questions, get the get this out there and get the questions coming in. So if you have questions for me or for Christopher, um, send them to him at logrusz at gmail.com. And mm-hmm. it's the same spelling he did before, L-O-G-R-U-S-Z-E. That is correct. And uh, send him your questions. I'm not real shy. I don't think. Don't ask me if I'd like longer penis. I get asked that question a lot at that email address already. Um, I think we all know the answer to that. Is, is you haven't found the right pill yet, have you? Um, you know, I'm not going to pay for. It. I don't fuck. <laughs> A shorter dick when you're a masturbator is just less work. I'm hoping it'll just wears down to a clit. And then, and then you can just rub it with your thumb? Just get a vibrator. <laughs> you can do that now. I have, you know, here's the thing. Here's the thing about male vibrator masturbation that isn't, doesn't involve prostate stimulation. Mm-hmm. You're usually talking about some sort of back, quote unquote, back massager, only it often is. Mm-hmm. You have to have pants on. You need the friction of having like some kind of denim or corduroy mm-hmm. is optimal, but that's been out for a while. Um, but I can also start a fire. You can also start a fire, but you know, the th- but then you've got to load in your pants, and that's that's what I'm saying. I mean, so never had that problem. I'm waiting until when I get a clit, I will bust out the Hitachi on that thing, and they, they're cordless now, by the way. Let's get a shout out and a sponsorship from Hitachi. Yeah, this, for going cordless. The, that is the one of the when I worked at Fantasy, I used to um, I used to manage a Fantasy here in Portland. Um, the Hitachis were our biggest seller, like. Mm-hmm. Every soccer mom coming in on those. Well, they've got so much brand. It's so weird that they have so much. It's it's almost clinical. Yeah, yeah, it's, it is. Well, that's why all the soccer moms come in and buy it because they would rather buy a Hitachi, and then it's not because it looks like a back massager. It looks you like, can see yeah. the two purple weird coat rack looking attachments that attach to that thing. Exactly, and then and, the, and but then you, it's it's not as disgraceful. I I, I still have a hard time believing the number of women that came in and like had never had an orgasm or, um, or so you do know a lot of my exes then <laughs> probably if they all came into fantasy looking for vibrators because of you. Yes. Look, I, <laughs> I don't know what a faked orgasm looks like. Uh, I only know what women who don't care enough about me to fake their orgasms look like. I think, <laughs> you know, I would say, Actually, I faked an orgasm before. That's 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 just to get done and get out. It was, it was a weird relationship with my shrink. Um. <laughs> yeah, that is kind of weird. But yeah, it's easy if you use condoms. That's actually the one thing I miss about condoms is it actually makes it easier to fake uh, because yeah, because nobody just, knows. Thump in the dumpster. Yeah, I mean, unless you're an knows. NBA star, nobody's going through the condoms. No one's going through the dumpster looking for your rubbers. That is such a horrible thing to have to deal with. Whatever. Uh, do you know I used to listen to uh, you know Opie and Anthony out of New York? <laughs> of course. And then they had um, they had a guy on their show 
who uh, Eric Nagel. Mm-hmm. I will I will laugh about this probably for the rest of my life. It's one of those things that sticks in your head. And they used to call him Prince Nagel, and they used to talk about like how how special his sperm was because he's not even famous. And he talked about the fact that anytime he had sex with a girl, he would always use a condom, and then he would take it off, tie it, and stick it in his pocket, and that it would get thrown out the window. When yeah, he this was is just driving. a guy who's really into keeping his cum. Mm. I bet he didn't throw that shit out. Probably no. not. I never little, thought about that. He's got a little Dexter box somewhere, oh, you know, hidden just behind. Full the... of just full. Just... Like, why do you have so many air conditioners? It's like I'm really into Dexter and hanging onto my jizz bags. <laughs> well, it's so um, terrible. I don't know how to segue out of that. You know, we hey, could talk about that's you know pretty what? horrifying. We could talk about horror. We could talk about horror. Um, could, maybe we should talk about. Let's do our shout outs first. Is oh yeah, let's possible? get some shout outs. Let's get some shout outs. Although I will say that Melina did confirm that she listened to it for for eleven minutes and forty one seconds until her name was mentioned. And Stop. then she <laughs> and then and then she got online. She's like, listened to some of it, and I said, well, did you hear the second shout out? And she goes, you didn't shout out again. I said, well, you find out. And then she, like 40 minutes later, she's like, you didn't shout me out again. I'm like, I knew you wouldn't fucking listen to that. So by the way, uh, Melina, I'm not going to tell you you're getting a shout out this week, but you are getting a shout out. And uh, by the way, Melina Best, uh, my regular co-host mm-hmm. of the Hotbox Open Mic, hosted by herself, solo flight. Uh, all reports say no death or injury. So really defying expectations that and she, she didn't, didn't kill anyone. she didn't kill anybody? I know. That's, what we, were job, that's what we were saying. That's what we saying. I was really worried about it. So good, good job, Melina. You're never going to know about this shout out. So we we started out by talking about the boo ha ha. Oh yeah, shout outs, boo ha ha, and <laughs> afternoonified. We tr- tried so hard to be on fucking schedule only before we started this. Too. I know. I'm the worst. And then what did we talk about? We talked about uh, oh, oh, uh, mailbag. Mailbag. We did the mailbag, and I'll put them when I put this up. I'll put the uh, your email address oh, next to. Is that okay? Terrific, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You can promote me any way you want, including okay. bad things, as long as people are talking about me. That's fine. <laughs> exactly right. That's exactly that's why we're here. We don't care what you say. Just you know, keep, keep talking and send questions. Uh, look, you're not going to necessarily know who the guests are. Send questions. Uh, April's going to be interviewing people from all walks all walks of life, uh, as well as primarily a lot of stand up comics. I think right at the beginning. So yeah. these people. Uh, Ask them questions. What do you want to know from a stand-up comedian? And these people are working professional stand-up comics mm-hmm. who also are real human beings and have to balance that. Yeah, and and have varying issues in their lives just like we do. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I have uh, four recordings set up just for next week. Nice. So nice. Um, this should carry us throughout the new year, which I'm really happy about. We have some new shows coming our way here very soon. Probably within about two months, we're going we're gonna to have two two new shows i'm not going to talk about them yet but nope. but hopefully we'll have two new shows coming up here very soon and don't forget about my updates about not building my website oh, oh yeah and chris has not built his website yet so. that happened okay um so here's one of the callbacks this one is for kara mccollum from episode one Shut up. the mad pooper episode oh, yeah, yeah yeah update to the mad pooping so you say that we have a delivery pooper it's an amazon uh as some of you might know some of you more affluent people out there <laughs> Or retail therapy enthusiasts. Uh, I'm one of those. No, damn right. I Jimmy. I still owe Jimmy Carter a lot of fucking money for those Habitat for Humanity. Those, hey, those are dumb for giving me a $15,000 credit card. All right, let me just tell you right now. They were really dumb. Well, okay. I didn't know you weren't supposed to include your college loans in your annual income for that year. <laughs> you got a giant credit card. It was great. 15000 bucks with no job, really. Uh, it was great. Um, but <laughs> uh, Amazon will highest people who will deliver to your home mm-hmm. on Saturday or Sunday whenever USPS or UPS isn't delivering. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, recently, uh, a person who was who can live in a cul-de-sac, so you know they're doing well, um, got an Amazon delivery, and uh, what he thought was a doggy poop in his driveway, and they looked at his camera, and the Amazon delivery driver dropping a deuce, and it was a lady, as was the runaway pooper. I don't, I don't get. Wonder if it's the same part. Is it the same city? Do we know? Bitches be pooping is what I'm saying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, no shit pooping. on that one. Yeah, <laughs> bitches be pooping. I mean, I think it's really weird. Is that my ex uh, literally made me go outside to smoke cigarettes just for her when she would pee in the apartment? We lived together, lived together for a long time before she would even pee with me in the apartment. Hmm. And so that's what I think it is. Is that it's that these women are my type, and they've got boyfriends at home. And they got to poop when they're on the job or out for a jog. Right. So really. They don't want to poop at home with the boyfriend. If you're a guy at home right now and your partner is a non-house pooper. Um, She's probably pooping on somebody's lawn. Yeah. Lawn. Take, take a look at these articles about mad poopers. You know what? I'm going to have to talk to Kara about this. Yeah, that is a good point. I never <laughs> considered that. Because I was talking to Damon one time about the fact that I have weird, like, I have weird bathroom issues. And we think. We're like, we think it, it all goes back to potty training because I can remember like standing in a corner and having family members make fun of me and not having any pants on. You had to stand there with no pants on and get made fun of because. That's the weirdest potty training regimen I've ever heard of. your pants. Life. Yeah. If I peed my pants, my panties and pants were taken off of me and I had to stand in the corner. Did Dr. Then, Mengele write a child training book? <laughs> and obviously my parents <laughs> read it. And um, so, yeah, I think, I wonder if it's, if it's like trauma from potty training you think? or if it's yeah and then it's women who are like i can't even shit around at least i can shit in the same house with my husband i mean i do have weird issues about pooping but at least i can do it in the same house with my husband but you do still do it in the corner and he has to make fun of you before you can go yeah exactly i have to take my pants off and stay in the corner you know what I mean? might help put on a dunce cap when you do it <laughs> Can I just print D-U-N-C-E <laughs> down the top of it? That's something I'd like to hear from our listeners. Does anybody under 40 know what the fuck a dunce cap is? Hey, that's a good point. Yeah, you don't even see those in cartoons it's anymore. It's another one. That's like Spuds McKenzie. It's another one of our... I think we should start a segment called um, Lost to History. And it's just these like, phenomenon that existed like like yelling at your TV, because yelling what's up because of a beer commercial. Yeah. Or, or a, a part the original party animal literally being an animal. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Which that's I don't true. think is true. They say elephants ferment uh, uh, things and get drunk off of eating them. So you know, maybe oh well, there's monkeys that um, that eat fermented fruit off the ground. There you go. Oh, when I was in Florida, uh, <laughs> another digression. When I was in Florida, we had a, like one of those. Uh, what do you, you know where there's a, like a the f- frost doesn't happen for a long time. Mm-hmm. And uh, what happened was the fruit normally falls off the trees because of the frost. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was all fermenting, and so all the animals were getting drunk as fuck eating uh, all this fermenting fruit off of trees and they would get aggressive and Irish. Uh, like squirrels would stand in the middle of the street with like, what the fuck are you looking at attitudes? And they got huge balls. So they kind of backed that shit up. Birds yeah. would just headbutt everything, like just slam into cars. Because they were just drunk. Just drunk ass fucking animals running around. Um. My, my sister has a constant fight going on with the squirrels in her yard and... She has a video out there somewhere. My brother-in-law said he laughed for days because she was all they, they just come up to her. They knock on the door. And they're like, hey, lady, your bird feeder's empty. And um, wait, wait, 
thank you saying the squirrels come onto her door. They do. Oh, they they uh, do. They in literally... my head, I'm literally visualizing a squirrel knock. Hello, hey, lady. Hey, lady. Hey, lady. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want some fucking food. It's kind <laughs> of like that. It literally is almost kind of like that. And so one day she goes outside, and all the squirrels are like, "Oh, hey, there's the woman that feeds us," you know. And my brother-in-law said he was watching from the window, and suddenly these squirrels just kind of went up my sister, oh my and God. she just started pinwheeling, you know, with the arms doing. <laughs> Did you see the video of the rat crawling all over people on the subway in New York? Yes, and people just kind of sat there. That made me think of that. Um, Joe Rogan was talking about that disease that you get from cats. Um, uh, oh, the one from the cat poop that pregnant women can't scoop. Toxoplasmosis. Yes. Toxoplasmosis. Uh, yeah, and it's, it's all kinds of stuff. I'm like, man, this rat. I mean, of course. We don't have clear bandwidth. I don't so. even have hypochondria for myself anymore. I have hypochondria for subway rats in New York. I'm diagnosing fucking animals. Behave- oh, that animal's got that disease. I'm worried for that rat that it's it, rat had balls again. Rodents have big balls. Rodents are not scared of anything. Well, they're tough. They're they're cockroach tough. I think they are tough. They're they're the cockroaches of the mammal world. They are the cockroaches, <laughs> which are basically rats. So go back to rats, really. Right, Co- rats. The cockroaches of the mammal. Okay, I'm gonna write okay, that rats. down. All right, so go ahead. I'm gonna let you explain what we're doing today. That we actually planned today's episode. So, um, in order, because there's nothing funnier than an uncomfortable, unhappy, middle-aged Jewish man. And uh, I thought, you know, it'd be really fun to challenge one another, to challenge me in particular, to make me more unhappy than I already am. (laughs) And uh, one of the things I don't like, that I really don't like, um, (coughs) are horror films. Really, I don't like being upset or uncomfortable. Right. Um, Well, who does? Well, I mean, it's funny because I do tailor. I do like certain kinds of upset. Uh, but yeah, horror films make me uncomfortable. I don't even watch The Office. I consider that a horror film. Hmm. It's just really the awkwardness is horrifying. Oh, um, is it? Oh, okay. Hmm. And and this movie actually the, the the most horrifying things in the film that we're going to discuss that I watched, uh, which was a horror film, uh, is was has to do with awkwardness. Mm-hmm. And uh, in return, I, and I'll I'll come up with a challenge for you because uh, you know uh, I, one of my enthusiasms is comic books, and you've said before that you're not a big comic book person. Mm-hmm, that's true. And uh, I want to pick uh, something that you'll enjoy. Okay. Comic book wise. You picked a movie for me to watch. And I, I did pick it. a movie, but that was just bullshitting between friends, right? Yeah, that was really I good. I still get to make you read something. Mm-hmm, you do. <laughs> because um, honestly, because when you said um, you want you, you have a fear of griminess, I instantly thought House there of was a lot of dirt. Yeah, there's a lot of dirt in that. Um, it's yeah. When people look sweaty and like they like, you know, that like when you touch dust, mm-hmm. that feeling, that sensation on my fingertips. And the thing is, I have a compulsion. To stick my hands in my mouth when I lick to lick dust off my fingers because I don't like the feeling of my fingers. Hmm. People think I'm a germaphobe because of like sometimes I'll wear gloves and I don't you know just things like that. It's like no, it has nothing to do with germs because I'll put things in my mouth. I've, <laughs> I've, right. I've had poopy worms before. I mean I'm not a clean. I mean I'm, it happens if you put your hands in your mouth. The thing is they lay eggs everywhere. If, you know if you're it hasn't happened as an adult. Okay, I'm as far like, as I know, hmm, this I'm, is gross. I'm pretty sure all those itches are old age related, not uh, <laughs> parasites. Um, but yeah, so I watched uh, The House of a Thousand Corpses, and mm-hmm. you watched... I watched, um, what was this thing called? The, the Oh, crap. The Little Hours. The Little Hours. Why did... Oh, there it is. The Little Hours. I wrote Monty... I got hung up in my note that said Monty Python-esque, and all I could see was Monty Python. The yeah. Little Hours. It Sorry is interesting that. to watch something like that, um, and we'll get into this, but without a British accent. Yeah. That is interesting. I didn't. I was. Uh, I was a little high when I watched. Good for you. It, so you're an American. Uh, yeah. So um, it's um, it's a damn sexy film. 
It's a really funny, funny movie. Uh, I want to I get into. I definitely want to get into some because I, yeah, I loved that movie. There's a reason mm-hmm. I recommended it. I take that recommendation very seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, but can we get into the House of a Thousand Corpses? Yeah, let's do that one first. All right. So let's. Uh, uh, first of all, uh, uh, another shout out to my best friend Jennifer, mm-hmm. uh, who is uh, because this movie just uh, uh, cut to the chase. I, I was not truly horrified by this film as a horror film. Mm-hmm. So I think when you're going to talk to Jennifer in the future, and she's my best friend, so she's going to recommend to you. Something that she thinks will really make me unhappy because mm-hmm. Jennifer's a lot like my mother. You know, she knows what's best for me, and what's best for me is to keep me humble. Um, <laughs> okay. So she helps. Uh, so uh, Jennifer. So here's so here's House of a Thousand Corpses. We'll just start because I kind of wrote these notes as I was watching, and then I have some sort of summary at the end. Okay. It's a good thing you hang out with people like that because if you keep hanging out with me, I'm like, <laughs> I eventually there will come a day when I'm like cocaine and hookers out the back of a. Well, that too. You got to balance it out. Yeah. Like here's the thing, I you know I I try to engineer it so that I don't have the option to feel good because if I have the option to feel good, I'm just going to pursue that endlessly. Uh-huh. So I try. To and make, then it goes back to uh, Karina Lucas's joke. Oh yeah, never start doing cocaine unless you have enough to last forever. forever. Right. Yeah. Um, so first, I off, love that joke. House of a Thousand Corpses. Uh, what's the name? A uh, Sid. Uh, what's the uh, uh, Captain? Oh, Sid Haig. Sid Haig, Captain. What's his name in the movie? Captain Spaulding. Captain Spaulding. Uh, I'm just going to say right off the bat, uh, bad business plan. Uh, that's the, the, he owns a, a gas station that's that's horror clown serial killer themed, mm-hmm. um, which is cool. But he's the thing is you have to attract niche audience. And one of the central plot points. I'm sorry, spoilers for this movie from 2003. Um, but one of the spoil, you know, one of the plot points is that these people who are traveling in there are writing sort of a tourist guide. They're prototypical hipsters, and they're writing a tourist guide about weird sites. And this Captain Spaulding is like, you know, he's not into it. He's he's like, no. So just not a good business person right off the bat. Not not good. No, but he's excellent at his makeup. Uh, well, I mean, he's, he's hit or miss with the makeup uh, because he's half the time he doesn't wipe it off, and everybody knows you don't go to sleep with that shit on your face. If you oh. see him with a white, just where he looks pasty or with a ring around his face, that's just he went to sleep without cleaning the fucking makeup off. But, I mean, if you're killing people, I mean, who? All right, well, that's time? a spoiler. First of all, that I didn't know. All right, I thought here's here's the thing about that too is that Captain Spaulding. This is where you get into the real horror of this film is that there are people with bad manners in this film, really bad manners. Um, like I can respect a robber. Uh, but if you're gonna have, you don't have to be rude while you're being a robber, and that there's a lot of people who don't understand that distinction. And, and so when Sid Haig, when Sid Haig starts whacking people, I'm kind of on his side. I'm like, you know, I was a small business owner at one point. You know, I'm like, yeah, fuck those guys. Um, he doesn't do anything overt, and then you get into the point where it's, um, oh, and I'll, by the way, fuck your mama is his delivery of the line, fuck your mama. Is hilarious. He's such a smart ass in He's that film. He's really fucking great. Fuck he, your mama. You know what? And I got to tell you something. I hate yeah. to I hate to backtrack, but I just need to tell you something. At eighteen, I had a car accident. Yeah. I I got I had uh, several weeks of amnesia, and it seems to have affected my ability to remember books, movies, comics, and anything entertaining. Hilarious. So. I might not remember some of this stuff. Really? So, so this is me to, this is me to adventure both of us. This is an adventure all the way through. All right. So also the other thing is, uh, this is just some advice for people out there. Um, you should watch this movie. I absolutely would say, I, I, you know, overall it was, a, it, was a, it was an experience. Um, if you're in the middle of being armed robbed, if somebody's holding guns on you and you're being robbed, it's just a really dumb idea to walk out and start naming the people holding the guns. Oh, and especially if their names are derogatory and you're like, don't they call you little fuck, small dick at your job or whatever, Mr. <laughs> guy holding a 357 Magnum? That's just not smart. Now, I understand that I'm looking at these people and I also understand nobody ended up where they're at because of good life decisions. So that's fine. This is true. This is true. That's fine. Uh, then we got into, then we start seeing the main cast. 
And the main cast is, was a plethora of, of appearances of people. First of all, recognized by voice alone, Chris Hardwick shows up in this movie. Um, yeah, Chris Hardwick. See, that's what I'm saying. I forget shit like this. Chris so. Hardwick is the is the is the the because there's Chris Hardwick and then there is Dwight Schrute, um, Rain Wilson. Mm-hmm. Is in this film. Rain Wilson uh, is plays. He's he just plays Rain Wilson. He plays you know, except he's not as much of an asshole, but he basically plays that detective character he did mm-hmm. on that that one show. He's he's just kind of nice and and this is where I get into the crux of my problem with this film because a lot of great horror, as a respected as a genre, as a fan of film, is there's a moral compass to, to great horror. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like the good, there's the, 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 the virtue is twisted. All right, I don't think people should be killed for having sex. Right, but there is a there's there's always right. morality. Right, there's involved. scream rules, scream rules. It's an extreme black and white twisted morality. But Rain Wilson, spoilers, he dies. He shouldn't have fucking died. He was not. He was not a bad person. He was a nice person in this movie. The other one, the other girl, mm-hmm. shouldn't have died. Another mm-hmm. spoiler alert. Everybody fucking dies in this movie. There's no good guys get away with it. Uh, you know that, that sucked. Um, the, oh, the other one, uh, the woman is um, um, uh, Catherine Black. Not Stifler's mother. It took me like 45 minutes in an IMDb search because she looks like Stifler's mother. She does, yeah. Uh, Catherine Black, classic horror film actress. I should have known that. You know what? And I'm going to go back to the thing you said about um, like everybody dies and no good people walk out of this. Um, That is something that Damon and I both enjoy about a movie. Everybody dying? Well, not that, but a but an unhappy ending. Well, I, I respect it. I respect I it. I respect an unhappy ending. I like a happy ending. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. Like when I go see the Avengers and things like that, I want to see, right. I want to see the super characters beat the bad guys. Yeah. Um, even though most of the time I'm usually rooting for the bad guys. I usually tend to identify with the, the bad guys more. Um, but yeah, this is uh, this is one of those movies. Like if you, if you're expecting it to be a horror film that, uh, it, yeah, there's it, no it, good people in this movie. It's not even at the, at the end where the, where the bad guy, kind of pops up at the very end and you think oh there's going to be a second movie it's not even that it's no. just shit all well, the way that, through. That's, that was what bummed me out too because captain spaulding mm-hmm. who at this point again you only saw him kill uh the robbers uh you know when he says fuck your mama yeah. um to the robbers before blowing the guy's head off so at this point i'm thinking cap captain spaulding is at least ambiguous mm-hmm. you know he shows up you think oh redeeming character he's going to save the girl the one girl, no. He fucking turns her in because the bad guy's in the back seat. And this is how deep I was in. I was like, well, maybe he didn't know the guy was in the back seat. It's a convertible uh, uh, Cadillac. I can't even believe you thought that Captain Spaulding had anything good about him, even from the beginning. I thought he was in a – here's the thing. I personally am a good person. I am also abrasive, unpleasant, and a lot of other things. I sort of identified with Captain Spaulding. I, no, I get that. I am too. I'm the same way. <laughs> um, all right. So this thing. So uh, first, so these are the notes that uh, some of them got proved wrong. Rude people die. Turns out everybody, uh, mm-hmm. including. Um, they also called it Halloween Eve. I thought that was universally recognized as Devil's Night. Mm-hmm. Um, I think since The Crow, we should just all acknowledge Brandon Lee and call that night Devil's Night. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, uh, the deer head joke. That was a fucking great joke. Oh, you'll was, have to tell There it was Tony. a deer head on the wall, and uh, I think the line was, boy, he must have gotten a really good head start, or good running start, or something like that. That's a, I think that was a solid joke in the middle of there. Um, there was some bad stand-up. There was some kind of open mic bad stand-up done by an elderly man that was a little racist, um, a little gross. Do you know that... Uh, Reminded me a lot of Portland stand-up. Do you do know that uh, Rob Zombie is friends with Tom Papa, right? So am I going to get in trouble with either one of those guys? No, no, no. <laughs> but I'm just saying that oh, he, likes he loves stand-up. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. of course, he's going to do bad stand-up. There's definitely going to be some bad stand-up in it. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, yeah. The most upsetting thing mm-hmm. uh, at this point in the film 
was somebody putting their fingers in another person's mouth. That was really upsetting to me. There was a scene where it's just really gross to me that a person puts their fingers in another person's mouth. Oh, then Boyd Crowder shows up. Uh, Boyd Crowder from Justified, uh, Walton Goggins is in this. Uh-huh. Uh, that's great to see that big smiling motherfucker. Uh, God, he's got big teeth. Uh, the old guy, the one who plays the dad in the, and he, he, every movie he's ever been in, he's worn a blue members only, a light blue, baby blue members only jacket. Every movie this old man has ever been in. Um, Did he wear a light blue baby? We're going to find a picture and maybe link to this, I think, on the episode. You'll okay. see this guy. I swear to God, every movie this old man has ever been in, he looks the same. And I think that must have been a Rob Zombie intentional joke. Um, yeah, cops are useless. While uh, you're talking, I'm looking up a picture for you. Okay. Uh, it was the dad of the cheerleader, I think. Uh, Rachel, I think, was her name. Uh, cops are fucking useless in this movie. Like Seriously, they're just the worst. Uh, Walton Goggins, there's another classic horror actor guy who plays another cop. They're just terrible. Um Oh, yeah. Uh, the skin suit guy had a lot of mad respect for the skin suit guy because he was gender fluid. Uh, he wore boy skins and lady skins. And I liked that because it wasn't like it. They didn't they didn't make that part of I mean, it was gross, mm-hmm. but there was there was it was like it was a very interesting thing is that this film was very gross in a violent and, 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 and certainly a certain mean ways. It was also nobody was like. I, like I read, all right, like I'm reading a comic book right now. Uh, uh, Black Manta. It's an episode or uh, Aquaman, and there's a Black Manta appearance. And his son, uh, in the in the new continuity, he has a son, and they haven't met before. They're estranged, and his son comes out as gay to him. And I love this moment where Black Manta is like, "Why the fuck would I care about that?" Like, and I love that context. Just because I'm a villain doesn't mean I'm a homophobe. I always like adding that that nuance to 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 characters where it's like. People are complex, just like some yeah. people, just because like just because somebody's not a homophobe doesn't mean they're automatically a nice person either. You know, all these different things, or no, racist, sure. or whatever. So I liked that. It was just a just an observation. Well, I think any southerner, any southern person in the that has made it out of the South, right, and self identifies as not being racist, right. All of us have some racist family somewhere in yeah. our past, um, and I can tell you that, like, I know racist people whom. Were who I'm, I've I've also seen do supremely kind things for people of different races. Well, people like, are complicated. Yeah, they're they're completely complicated. My dad, I remember my dad. Uh, my dad, I've never been real uh, shy about the fact that my dad was racist, and it it always bothered me that he he did. And I don't know why this bothers me, but it, he always differentiated between children and adults. Right. It's like when you turned eighteen, you magically became the thing he hated. There's yeah. There's but until you're eighteen, until you're eighteen, you're just a kid you know and how dare you do any and i'm like <laughs> wait a minute man <laughs> i um i certainly don't hold young people responsible right as much as i do people that are over like 35 or so i really genuinely i genuinely if i see people in their 20s i don't even think of you as an adult right you really shouldn't and if i do 25 meet, yeah, absolutely and if i meet a 25 year old who actually comes across as an adult i'm gonna feel so bad for that person because they've had a fucked up life you don't arrive at adult at an early age without having a fucked up fucking rwanda type child soldier life you right know? right um all right so uh we'll see uh, oh yeah so this is so the thing that was really the most the biggest um i think the big most upsetting thing about this film was the casual rudeness of these people like when they were in the house of the psycho family mm-hmm. and it's like that's not how you behave in a, when you're a guest in somebody's house <laughs> Uh, I mean, even if they're really freaky and their grandma, because look, the thing is, you go to somebody's house and you're mm-hmm. in a rural area. Mm-hmm. All right, this in rural in rural areas, you should know this if you travel the country. All right, there are people uh, who do do not have the same system of coping of values as a city person. Rural people will keep their t- crazy touch relatives in the house. Now, I'm not saying it's murder house 
the same as this. But oh, I see what you but mean. But in real life, you go home to somebody, oh, we come home to meet our family, they might have a granny who says fucked up shit. Mm-hmm. Or a cousin who's mentally... Yeah, you know, whatever. right. What was it Chris Rock's joke about nobody? You know, it was your own fault for being alone with Uncle Uncle yes. Roy or whatever. Um, these people display really bad survival traits for being in somebody else's house. They're just this really, really fucking rude. I mean, they make anybody violent. Uh, like they, they, you know, they, I mean, there was some inappropriately flirting, some inappropriately flirting, inappropriate flirting going on between Rob Zombie's ex-wife and, uh, babe play, but playing the part of baby, baby, yeah. um, who saw baby's booby. Um, <laughs> Ooh, boobs. Yeah, that's why that was my note on uh, baby, Rob Zombie's wife, boobs, parenthetically. <laughs> I can, uh, I can attest to that. That's exactly that's what, what it says right I think I should take a note, a picture of your note <laughs> instead of us for the a lot of notes. This is two pages, by the way, of yeah. notes for this uh, thing. I did a page and a half. Yeah, it's best because we're nerds. Um, mm-hmm. So let's just, let's just do the quick rundown. But that was the, the funny thing about Rob Zombie's wife thing was because I became aware of her and I always thought she was an attractive lady. She's an awesome uh, bass player. Um, but I became aware of her before the internet was a thing. And now I realize I'm habituated to the minute I think somebody's interesting, I just see if they have naked pictures online right off the bat. So I just neglected, like, she kind of like, lost track of her and never, so that was the first time I'd seen her poops. So that was a big, big deal for me. Um, let's see. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, Otis. Uh, very oh yeah that Otis Driftwood guy mm-hmm. very, very aggressive oh yeah very Otis, aggressive. he's the the patriarch of the family I guess. yeah um, and I understand he's got to be really charming and this is of course brought back to Charles Manson he's been on my mind a lot lately um, well, I mean he just died he just so. passed away God uh, bless God God rest your soul um, but if I'm going to be serial killed. I don't want it, I want to be a person to be calm. I would have a lot more confidence in my serial killer if they weren't screaming a lot, you know? Like Dexter, good serial killer, real calm, knows what he's going to do. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I'd just rather be competent. If I'm going to be serial killed, I don't need the added aggravation of a person who's manic. Keeping you ad- agitated. Yeah. yeah, like maybe he should take a Xanax or something is yeah. what I'm saying. Uh, let's see. Uh, mother Firefly, uh, not Stifler's mother. That's my note for that one. That is not Stifler's mother. Um, let's see. Chris Hardwick. Oh, yeah, I noticed this. Uh, he still points at things the same way in, in today as he did in the movie. He still does this two-handed point thing, only now he says points when he's pointing at things. What is? What was his character in that? He's the guy with the red puffy ski jacket who's the instigator of, uh, the male instigator. Uh, I mean, he's the other, there's two guys. There's Rain Wilson and and, and, huh. and Chris Hardwick. And okay. then there's and then there's two women. One of them, I can't even find her mentioned. She's, I know she's dead, but I can't find her mentioned in the thing. Um, Tiny. Uh, about Tiny. He's a person who uh, probably has some sort of osteo uh, issue. He's definitely got gigantism. My problem with that is, and I, I, I love that differently bodied people are, are given an opportunity to act. Me personally, I just felt uncomfortable. Like I just looked like he was, he just looked uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, and this is my own inadequacy, but I almost want to be reassured. Like I wanted a moment where he broke the fourth wall and said, by the way, this is just how my body is, and I'm, I'm not in any physical discomfort right now. <laughs> it's a very, but I was just, I was uncomfortable with that. Dwight Schrute, yeah, innocent doofus. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he didn't deserve to die uh, the way he died. None of those folks did. Well, mm, I don't know. I mean, I think that I think that Chris Hardwick's girlfriend, she was she just really rude. I mean, you really you don't go into somebody's house and act like that. Why did they go into their house anyway? I forgot. Oh, uh, they got stuck. Their car was uh, oh, got yeah. stuck in some mud, and then they had Mister Wolf Hat wearing professional wrestler looking guy. Mm. Who seemed actually my? He might have been the nice one. Like I think, like I'm not. It's hard to say. A person who lives in a house with a bunch of serial killing going on, but he seemed might, like he might have been slow. Yeah, so like he might not have known what's going on. He didn't say anything in the movie, so I'm just like, I'm a, I'm a real innocent until proven guilty mm. kind of guy. And uh, you know, so he might have been okay. Baby, I felt bad for her. Maybe she's you know a victim of that, but that might be sexism. Mm-hmm. You know, that where I'm just writing her excuse and, and also taking away agency from her because when you make an excuse for a person. 
uh, for their behavior based on some group that they belong to because of because in your head you've got to you know I've got to make allowances for them. Right. What you're doing is actually removing agency from that person, and baby might just be as, as evil or even more evil than Otis Driftwood. Oh, I think she is. Yeah, but for sure. Way I better mean, boobies. <laughs> But but she has boobies. Um, yeah, no, no, no. I think they all are. I, th- I think they're all complicit, including the um, even the big goofy guy. Tiny. Who, yeah, even tiny. Yeah, they're all complicit. I think. Um, I think it's uh, it that that that's the one thing I th- uh, I've had a hard time with my, almost my entire life as far as like um, stories go. It's like people don't admit their own bullshit. Like I'm and, and believe me. I'm as guilty as anybody else. Oh, yeah. My head's way up my ass. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm as guilty as anybody else as, as being self-centered. Probably worse. Sure. Um, I, you know, I, I, re- I, I do things probably without thinking of other people. I try not to, but I'm sure I do. Um, you know, and and uh, I do blame a lot of things that happened on the past for what what I am now. But it, it's the same token. I'm an adult. I have a brain. I can change my per. I can change whatever I want to. Well, I think it's easier to come to that realization on your own though than when people are forcing it on you because we yeah. all get our back up. Yeah, sure. And yeah, I mean, if somebody comes to you and goes, "This is wrong," you're instantly going to be like, "Well, right. fuck you." Right. But yeah. unfortunately, life is a you know we have to reconcile other people's need for us to make our make changes in ourselves mm-hmm. now. And our need to not think about what horrible shit asses we are. But yeah. speaking of horrible shit asses, mm-hmm. you know who's a horrible shit ass but hilarious? Who's that? All the women in the little hours. Oh my god, that was an amazing film. <laughs> did um, see? I didn't do. I didn't write down everybody. I'm horrible. I think about I can these remember sort of most things. of the cast members. Okay, so who's the dark headed lady? Okay, so well, all three women have dark hair. Let, let me get no, this. All is four true. women have dark hair. This is true. Two brown, two black. Yes. Um, now, this is interesting because uh, my very first thought was it's Monty Python-esque. The very first scene is the nun, um, Alejandra, uh, the one obsessed with the donkey. She's the most aggressive. I can't remember her oh, name. Kate, uh, Kate McCucci. No, not Kate McCucci. Oh, the um, the um, one she keeps bugging, the girl she hangs out with. It's not. It's The dark hat. Let me just pull she's up. She's a girl the from Parks and Recreation. Uh, it's... Um, she plays April, right? She's like one of yeah. She plays April O'Neil, or not April O'Neil. That's from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, she plays April something or other. She marries Andy Dwyer. So I, it's really sad that I can I can name all the principal cast from all versions of Star Trek though. Um, but uh, what's her name? Aubrey Plaza. Aubrey Plaza. Her and Lizzie Kaplan are like my two mean girl crushes. Okay, so this is what we've got here. So in this, I'll just go ahead and talk about the people that are in it Great. first. All right, so Aubrey Plaza plays a nun. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dave Franco, that's the... Well, that's actually, just to be just for a point of clarity, yeah. the only actual nun mm-hmm. is, uh, is uh, Molly Shannon. Molly Shannon is Mother Superior. Yeah, there's a whole historical context that actually goes on with this, which we get into when we're talking about it. Right. So, well, what's interesting is, is like... Molly Shannon plays Mother Superior in a in a convent. Mm-hmm. Um, Aru Plaza is Fernanda, who is a nun. Kate Micucci is Genevera, who is also a nun. Um, and then who is the other? Is this this Allison Brie? Is uh, yeah, yeah, Alessandra. Allison yeah, Alessandra. She's also a nun. So then you have John C. Riley, who's the father, mm-hmm. the the priest at the convent. And so that's that group. That's, okay, because yeah. you're dealing with different groups of people. Right, but so, most of it is that group of people. Right most there. of it is that group of people. Now, also going on at the same time, uh, Nick Offerman plays a gentleman named Lord Bruno. 
Lord Bruno, shout out. Yeah, Lord Bruno's an asshole. And Lord Bruno is married to a woman who absolutely cannot stand him. I believe it is this Lauren Whedon, Weedman. Yeah, it's a, you know, but all right, just, to, just to be devil's advocate mm-hmm. for a second. She's really an unpleasant person. Oh, she's a cunt. She's a real unpleasant person. Oh yeah, she's a total cunt. But in but I'm not. I'm going to say she didn't deserve what she got. Did she get killed in that? Oh yeah. I, oh, he mentions what he did to her. Oh, you have to give, remind. You have to refresh I'll, my memory. I will. On that. I'll, I'll, I'll get when but I get. She was there. very cavalier with with uh, James Franco or whatever the. Whatever His name the, is Dave Franco. Dave, and now, James' younger brother. Now that I look at him, I'm like, yeah, that is that is yeah, James, James Franco's little brother. Yeah. yeah. And so he plays um, a houseboy. In Lord Bruno's house, yes, and he's the he serves wine essentially in the dining room, mm-hmm. and then he bones the wife when she asks to be boned, mm-hmm. and demands it to demands be to be boned, and he got caught. And you know what? I got to give him credit. Now I got to give his character credit. So he's boning the wife. Yeah, he gets caught and he runs. All right, so he gets back to this place where I guess all the slaves live. Like it's like a house full of like white slaves. It's a white household with white slaves, essentially. Yeah, it's like um, well, serfs. Serfs were yeah. kind of the property of the land. Yeah. Oh, give the history on this. I'm going to let oh. you do this since you know it better than I do. So uh, the film, The Little Hours, uh, which is available on. Did you got on? Did you did you YouTube it? I did. I, I rented it on iTunes. Okay, so yeah, you can get it for like four bucks, I think, or something like that. Yeah, it was like three ninety nine. Yeah, three ninety nine. Yeah, and it's also available on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a based on a. Oh no! I take that back. I wrote it down. It was a ninety nine cent rental. Oh, good so fucking deal. So get it now if you get can. Get it now. Um, that is based on a fourteenth uh, century book, uh, Italian manuscript called the Decameron. Mm, okay. And the Decameron is a series of ten stories that are somewhat themed and interwoven, uh, and uh, it's about. I mean, people, you know, like everybody forgets their grandma and grandpa and all the way back used to bone and do all kinds of stinky pinkies and all kinds of fucked up <laughs> shit. Uh, not fucked up shit, you know, but stuff that you don't think your old granny's doing and stuff. We've all, we're all sexual Absolutely. creatures. Mm-hmm. And the th- reason I, I make the distinction about them not being nuns is that they're referred to that, and, and contextually that's what we would think they were, but nunneries weren't what we think of. If you, if you watch the Alison Brie character, her plot is that her father basically sent her there to keep her out of trouble. Right. That's what your dad would do is he would send you to a nunnery, a convent, mm-hmm. and where there were supposedly no boys around, no fucking and no drinking and all this shit. Right. That's what middle class people did. There's a Shakespeare line, get thee to a nunnery. And um, people all, you know, they think that this line, I can't remember, I think it might be The Tempest um, or Taming of the Shrew. And uh, everybody thinks that line's all righteous. And what he's actually, the line actually means, if you understand your historical context, the guy's saying, your daughter's slutting around. Uh, she's checking all these guys out and, you know, she's got her tail in the air. Get her to a nunnery. And that's, right. that's so, but so, so, uh, so the, it's the 14th century book written in 13 something or other. It's actually written in, obviously, it's written in Italian, uh, a weird dialect of Italian, mm-hmm. um, a provincial dialect, a weird provincial dialect of Italian. And the language has been basically updated, mm-hmm. modernized, and it was uh, modernized <laughs> but, but, <laughs> quite a bit. But really, but not, but not changed like when he talks about, uh, there's the line about um, when Dave Franco is talking about in confessional. Mm-hmm. And he's talking about what he does, what he's the sexual oh, yeah. acts he did. And he's saying, I put my sex in her, in her, sex. in her backside and yeah. things like that. Like that was, that's basically literal yeah. translations out of the Decameron. But the, yeah, it's, it's really funny that the, the sensibilities are straight out of the 1350, whatever, when this was written. Mm-hmm. Um, what's, you know, I think we both agree that the best insult and how it was received in the film is, is, is a type of name calling the women engage in for one of the servants. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, well, I'll let you get to that because yeah. that's such a funny one. But yeah, that, that's that that's great. sort of the history of, of the of the of the film, The Little Hours. Mm-hmm. It's based on a 14th century Italian manuscript called the Decameron. Okay, and so the point I was getting at was, is okay, so you have this priest and you have this nun who are running a convent, and then it's full of these girls who have been sent there by their fathers and brothers and whoever in their families send them there to basically keep them there until they find them husbands, and then they'll they get to leave. Yeah. And they have to do things, and and they show their daily life. They're 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 you know going after and hunting their their uh, donkey that keeps getting loose. Yeah, they, which we find out later on. There's a reason why. The there's a reason the donkey keeps donkey getting parties. Loose. Yeah, the original party animal. Hey, and uh, in 1370, um, <laughs> then there's a. The, let's see. So you have all these girls on this convent. Okay, so then we cut to Lord Bruno. So Lord Bruno and his wife are having problems because yep. she's fucking the help the help gets caught he chases the boy to where this because this is in the middle of the night so he chases the boy to his like sleeping area where it's just a bunch of cots with like all the oh, yeah, in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and he, like he almost catches him and it's candlelit so he can't see real good yeah and he can't see so he goes around and he holds his knife mm-hmm. up to the faces of all the sleeping guys and he finds the one that's breathing heavy and he goes and he cuts his hair and he goes I'll figure out who you are in the morning, and we'll discuss this in private. Which why wouldn't he? If he's going to jack that dude up, why wouldn't he just cut his throat right then and there? I don't know. Yeah, and just leave him as a as a. Um, honestly, that probably would have been the smarter thing to do. And back in those days, you could have got away with it. Well, you know, it just goes to show though that even in the 1400s, people who wrote scripts and screenplays and manuscripts, you got to do stuff to move the story. They along. still had plot and do stupidity. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, you have to. <laughs> um, but uh, so. So he wait. So he gets up after the Lord Bruno leaves, and he cuts everybody else's hair. So everybody yeah. wakes up, and they're like, "A devil came in the middle of the night. It must be witches, and they cut our hair, and it was uh, the evil, and all this other stuff." So uh, I had a Lord- problem with that. Dave Franco playing anybody smart enough to think of something like that—it just doesn't seem in character with his face. <laughs> well, you know what? And it was re- that's true. He he. They played him a lot smarter than he looked. No, he's he a real dumb, chode po- face. Yeah, but he's a real pretty boy too, yeah. and he's just he's good for fucking. That's pretty much what he was good. Apparently, for. yeah. Well, who knows? I mean, he, good, well, that's what he was good for in this story. Good for the Italian countryside in right. 1370, you know. And he, um, which then Lord Bruno's like, okay, fine. So he goes back to dinner with his wife. He starts. Telling, and this is what he does. He sits at the table and he just talks about the horrific shit that mm-hmm. he does as a lord in his area. All the tortury shit. Yeah, and, and the tortury shit and the slaves and yeah. all the things he does and what he's going to do. And he's very graphic, but it's Nick Offerman, low-key, yeah. one-tone, just like I It's really just Ron Swanson with a funny haircut. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Ron Swanson talking about torturing people. A funnier haircut. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And so um, he gets his wife drunk again because it's, it's that talk that makes her drink too much. Yeah. And then she immediately went looking for that dude. Like, I need a piece of ass. Broad daylight. Broad up against daylight. the wall. Mm-hmm. In, in the barn, I think. It was, it was against the gate. It was within clear fucking eyeline of her husband who's sitting there. <laughs> He's just standing there watching. He's yeah. like, mm, okay. He doesn't even need spyglass. Yeah. He just can see his wife, like, stick grabbing this guy's hand and shoving it in her dress. And yeah. And then he just tells his his two dude the two fucking cougars is what yeah. it is. She's mm-hmm. a fucking cougar. She was a cougar, yeah. yeah. And then he just sends his two guards to go get him and puts him in. Isn't he like cut so. that? Bring me that guy's balls or something. I mean, just well, not that he said put him in this in a cell. And then he goes into the cell and he's like, I just want you to know that I'm I'm gonna I'm not gonna kill you immediately. 
Oh, I'm yeah. going to take my time. Yeah, that's right. And then Franco tries to talk his buddies into letting him out. And they're like, and they're going along with it. Like, like yeah, I would. Yeah, we're oh, totally yeah, going to, sure. sure. Yeah, for man, sure. you're and right. And they just yeah. laugh at him like he's such yeah, like, an asshole. Yeah, they're like, it, well, it basically boiled down to this. They're like, look, it's either he's going to cut your balls off or he's going to cut ours yeah, off exactly. for letting you go. And guess what? We're not giving him ours. Yeah. So I don't even use my balls when I'm keeping them over James Franco's fucking balls. Right. Dave Franco's balls. So I'm just going to um, call him James Franco and hope it gets back to him. How did he get out? I forgot. He, looks, he escaped somehow. I'd say butt stuff. He looks like he's Yeah, probably, but I don't know how. He escaped. So he escaped. So he escapes. I was also high when I watched this movie, so. Yeah. So he escapes, and then it cuts back to the priest. Okay, mm-hmm. so now we go back to the comments. Now we're back at the comment, and the, and the priest and is. he had an accident with his donkey. Wasn't that the deal? That his his wagon fell off the road. Oh well, yeah, but I'm I'm getting to that. Oh, sorry. sorry yeah, no, 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 no. You you just got ahead of me. I'm so, sorry. No, no, no. So basically, what happens is is he's at the convent and he's collecting up all this embroidery and right. stuff that yeah. the girls the, the girls do, and he's supposed to go into town and sell it. Unfortunately, he has a drinking problem. So he gets which I didn't get because John C. Riley seems drunk all the time. <laughs> That's true. Doesn't he it does. just sound he like he's slurring his language with words? It does. It does. Um, but he's uh, yeah. But he it, and it doesn't. He doesn't seem drunk until that one scene at the river, and then he's like trying to get his um, his his uh, wagon with his donkey yeah. through the across the river, and, um, and there's like no bridge. It's like rocks, right? And so what he had done is he had sold all the stuff. He'd taken the money and he'd bought wine for the communion for the church, right? For the communion, yeah, right. And then he proceeded there's, to. And by the way, you never see more than five people at this fucking church that yeah. he needs all this wine for it's right is it a wagon full of, <laughs> of, of wine and yeah it's just like five nuns and him and yeah. it's like a wagon full yeah. of wine and so when um, and one possible jew <laughs> <laughs> and so when the uh when the uh the i can't remember his name what what was his what was his character name Maceto. when Maceto escapes from oh, that's lord, dave franco's character yeah when Maceto escapes from lord bruno he he runs into the priest and um basically he fixes the priest's wagon which by the way it's a it's it's a it's a little cheesier than lego you guys I, I mean he was drunk as shit if he couldn't figure this out because dave franco's not the sharpest tool in the shed <laughs> In any way, shape, or form, and, you know, and, and he's, it's, yeah, you just it's a character. You just put the hole. You just put the stick in the hole. That's it. That's, that's, it. A, that's how a wheel Ta-da. works. But yeah, so <laughs> but he helps him fix his wheel and he gets him out of the river and he gets the the donkey out of the river and then he helps the priest drink some of the wine. Yeah, that's right. Then he gets drunk and does confession. Do you think he was like glad to have a dude to hang out with though? Too probably. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I've heard other guys talk about like when their women are just like too aggressive, like they're like they can't take it for you know they need breaks and stuff. Yeah, and those are guys that actually get laid from those pe- women who are driving them nuts. Yeah, they're just. <laughs> that's how that's how you run your men off <laughs> don't take sex away from them give them too much so that's actually the, my that's my dating history is is that you know i i it, they never leave until you know it's not the shitty obnoxious boyfriend it's the shitty obnoxious boyfriend who doesn't fuck them mm-hmm. that's when they leave well yeah <laughs> that, that there's this misconception that women don't like to fuck <laughs> and that's not true they at really all. do because they'll they i mean they've even fucked me they obviously must like it a lot. That's one of the things Damon and I talked about. We've Fuck at me? No. <laughs> I mean, it hasn't come up yet, but, you know. No, but we, I guess when, I'm not showing you my DMs that I'm giving you. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, uh, and we call him DM, too, for Dungeon Master. Nice. Um, 
But uh, yeah, we've talked about the fact that when I was a teenager, I remember like it was really weird. It was like girls were supposed to be chased and we were supposed to act a certain way. And all I could think about was dick. And I was like, I thought something was wrong with me. They, it's, it's one of those things that you grow up and you look back on and you're, I get so angry about because like nobody told me, oh, by the way, you have hormones too. Nobody you're going to you. have the same problem that all these boys do. You know, the thing is, it's almost, it's almost crazy how easily brainwashed or how thoroughly brainwashed we are. When you think about it, there's 7 billion people around now. We've been around forever. Of course people fuck. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And why? And, but the, the only thing is, is because of youth and inexperience and not having the knowledge, you don't know that you're normal. Well, an adults, it's adults' failure. And we, I mean, like, you know, here's the thing. Like, we should honestly be the bad adults who tell our nieces and nephews all of these horrible things. All right, so we're... We're, we're going to go really long on this one, but that's okay. Uh, so, all right, so uh, fix the wagon. So Hanging out, having drinks together. Having drinks together. Then does confessional. And then the priest is like, hey, I got an idea. I think right. I can help you since you helped me. Right, because he tells him during the confessional that he's on the run from Lord, what's his butt? Bruno, yeah. Lord Bruno. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just I think of fucking, uh, I, th- I think of, of, of Bruce Willis. Um, <laughs> so he's on the run from Lord Bruno. John C. Riley, uh, you know, he's, he's like, right, let's, yeah, let's be buddies. Well, so, yeah, I'll help you, you help me. So now what we haven't talked about is, is that there was a handyman at the convent. Well, and, yeah, multiple things. Yeah. And the handyman, he, he was a very polite guy. He was Good morning, polite. ladies. Good morning, ladies. <laughs> to all the nuns. And the nuns turn on him. And I'm going to turn away from the microphone to do this. <laughs> the, nuns, the nuns turn on him. It's completely unexpected, especially well, every time it happens, but the first time especially. And they're like, shut up, you motherfucking cunt. Don't look at me. How dare you make eye contact with me? And this just goes on yeah. for like. And that's not the only time they go no, off on this guy. No. And they call him a dirty. Jew? Yeah, they're like, you fucking Jew? <laughs> which, is, which, as a Jew, I can tell you right now. You know Jews are the only people where the correct word for us is also the insulting word for us, depending on who's saying. That's true. Just, it's all in the tone, right? Well, and what's interesting is that he then goes to the priest, and he complains, and he's like, they called me a Jew. Yeah, like his whole like, litany of complaints, and they called me a Jew. He was so upset. But, you know, you think about, though, contextually, thir- 1300s, 14th century. Weren't they murdering motherfuckers for shit like that? So yeah. that's actually some real yeah, the, shit. Yeah, the, the, because in that area, the Catholics were in control. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's part of this is an indictment of the corruption of the of the, you know, of the, the, Catholic, of the Catholic Church, Church yeah. back then. But yeah. And how wrong it is, too. I, the, the, the lessons in this movie are actually quite interesting. I mean, oh, yeah. we're making a lot of fun of it, but there's some real serious conte- contextual, like, um, like, um, Things about racism and, and, um, well, and just general misogyny. And misog- yeah, yeah, and absolutely. all of that. But, um, but what's interesting is, so that guy leaves because he keeps getting attacked by yeah, the he nuns. Quits. And that's and, not a lot of job stability in the dark ages. And he's still walked up and fucking said, no, I can't do this job anymore. Right, right. So but, then, then there's the, the Fernanda girl, the, the meanest one of the group. That's the, yeah, yeah, yeah. With the dark hair. She is the one that attacks the, she attacks him and like, Takes a knife. Oh, about Dave, right, Dave Franco at this point. Now, we should catch people up real quick. Dave Franco has agreed to play the part of a deaf mute. Yes. Because. Uh, I think she attacked the original guy, too, though. Why did he have to be deaf mute? Um, because um, speaking to the to the women. Set him off. Sets, sets all right, them so off. So that's kind of smart. I thought it was just John C. Riley wanted to monopolize all of his conversations. No, he knew that just speaking to them sets them off. So yeah. if he told them, he's a deaf mute. He can't hear you. He can't He can't even talk to you. Yeah. And so he just chose not to, to. He did a really good job of like not jumping when they. He did really good. He gets yelled at a lot. He uh, gets yelled at and uh, surprised a lot. In his ear. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's he's sitting doing some handiwork, and he uh, looks up and just makes eye contact with Bree, with Allison Bree, mm-hmm. and the, God, we keep calling her the mean girl. What's what's her name again? Is it? It's. Um... I just feel so bad because she's never going to date me now. Alessandra. Uh, Alessandra. Alessandra. What's the actress's mm-hmm. name? Um, <laughs> Allison Bree. Allison no, no Allison Brie is Alessandra. Who's the mean one, though? Oh, the mean one. Oh, oh, oh. Aubrey Plaza. Aubrey Plaza. Sorry. Oh, please sorry. date me. Uh, uh, I swear I didn't watch that Red Tail video of you that got leaked. Uh, it's uh, 50 times. Uh, never at all. Um, Not once. Just stills. Uh, but, um, yeah, he makes eye contact with Allison Brie, mm-hmm. and she responds. Yes. And that's when... When the priest comes running out and he's like, he's a deaf man. Yeah, she he's runs over and starts holding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah she's got a knife Ginevra, to his throat. Right? Ginevra. Yeah, Ginevra. Yeah. And he's, she, and um, G- the Kate McCoochie character screaming at him. The um, uh, Aubrey Plaza character is holding a knife to yeah. him. And then the priest comes running and he's like, he's a deaf mute. He's a deaf mute. And they, they kind of. Barely saves his life. They're reluctant to yeah, even yeah. back off. They're well, like, I mean, it's Aubrey Plaza is definitely. Yeah, she's very, very aggressive. She's a very aggressive. She's got a lot of shit pent up, and she's a wild lady. Yeah, she is. So, um, so, so basically, all of this is going on, and then it's like you said, the character from uh, what's her name, um, Alessandra, Allison Bree's character, goes to get something fixed. Um, it's one of her weaving things. She goes to get it fixed, and she just starts because he's deaf and mute. She just yeah. tells her life story to him yeah. and all her frustrations and all her problems oh God, so and bad. he just sits and just kind of takes it all in and tr- just and then finishes up the job and hands it to her and walks away yeah and then later um she chases him down makes out with him doesn't she she goes to find him and kind of makes out with Did him they wear underpants in the f- 1400s because she's straight up dress lifty yeah what i'm saying so is there is there is there is there pink i don't remember on pant going on you know what I'm like she was definitely dry humping him yeah, they were. They were definitely dry. And then, him. We, we, yeah. we call it the classic cowgirl. Yeah. And then when he came into her room and then, oh, and she has an old lady that comes in and does um, embroidery with her. Oh, yeah. What was her fucking deal? Because they were basically fucking and this old lady walks in the room. She's just some old nun that's probably been there forever. Or blind? No, she's just an old lady. She just doesn't care that these people are, I mean, she's had <laughs> she's to just, see that, right? She probably did. I get the impression that she just, she's been in this comment forever. She gets up every morning. She goes to Allison's room. They do embroidery until dinner time. And then she leaves. Because there's something better to do than watch embroidery. Right. Watch these young people have sex. Right. And so she just walks in the room while they're having sex. She doesn't even look at him. She just goes and sits down. And then, of course, they break it off. And he leaves. He sneaks out. And then she's like, and then, And then, of course, the other girls see her coming or see him coming out of her room. And so then they're like, what's going on now? All of this is going on at the same time. And, and all of these things are like in conjunction. These are all within like a day. These, these are all things that are happening within a, like a two day period. This is like a PT Anderson film. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of, sh- there's a lot of things going on. A lot of orbits. Yes. There's a lot of orbits, a lot of things going on. So then you've got, um, you got Lord Bruno still looking for the, the guy who was boning his wife. Then you've got, um, you got the mother superior who's just trying to control these crazy women. And that's played by Molly Shannon. And she mm-hmm. is lovely in everything as always. Yeah. And she's great. She, she really handles everything just kind of with a plume, like whatever, nothing really fluffs her up too much. But, um, and then, um, then it turns out that the Aubrey Plaza character, um, has a friend. Yeah. A friend who's with an accent that 
It doesn't does match the match area. where she's saying she's from. Right. She's telling everybody she's from England and she has like a... Or, or she's from that area she's that they're in. She's from there, but she has an English accent. Which, by the way, let's, let's say that. This is, the, this is another weird thing. Mm-hmm. We're not used to watching films about Middle Europe. Without an Engli- without everybody having that, English accents. Even yeah. Brad Pitt having to fake an English accent to play a Greek. Right. And, and it makes it, perfect fucking sense. Right. And, and it completely doesn't. It doesn't. And it doesn't matter that nobody has accents, you guys. It, was, yeah. it did not take away from the film other not than the fact you go, oh, why do they need accents where people don't have Until them? you yeah. hear one person with an with accent. One person with an accent. One per- so this girl shows up and she's a friend of Audrey's. And then they, um, they basically steal some wine. And then all the, all the girls go into one room and mm-hmm. they basically have a sleepover. It's a teenage girl sleepover with but a penthouse, penthouse, penthouse sleepover. Right. And there's not some, a real sleepover. Yeah. And there's, <laughs> yeah. Cause everybody's fucking ever. And, and the girls are, it's cause they, they acknowledge the fact that these are women who have real libidos and they're all pent up together. Something's got to give. What's the line? Um, we're talking about their virginity. And she says, have you ever had sex before? She says, are you never known in the touch of a man? Mm-hmm. And she goes, no, never. And then, uh, and then uh, uh, Aubrey Plaza says, oh, if you do, uh, you'll, you'll be damned to hell. And the, the woman with the mysterious accent goes, oh, well, then you shouldn't do it. <laughs> it was such a great linery because it's like, oh, well, then I, I guess you know, it's, it's just such a great line. They, they're very snarky. All of them are very snarky. So They're good mean girls. Yeah, they are. They're all very good mean girls. But then, so then Aubrey Plaza and her friend, um, who's played by Jermaine, uh, Jermina or Jamima Kirk. So Jamima Kirk is the friend with the weird accent yeah. who comes in and they all get drunk. And then Aubrey sleeps with the Kate McCoochie character who then thinks that it's a relationship. And right. And this, by the way, Kate McCoochie then has a, a lesbian, basically a lesbian awakening mm-hmm. or lesbian, kind of a lesbian panic, but not in the, that, you know, not in the gross, that legal defense way. But I mean, she, she's never experienced this before. And she kind of accepts it really quickly. Like she's okay. Well, but with she it. does have this one incident, which is one of the three pr- things that happened in this film that I was I, I'm curious if, if you noticed. Well, uh, well, when she slept with her and got angry about it, is that what you're talking about? No, there are three times when Dave Franco is basically raped in this movie oh yeah uh there's a lot of rape in i think this at movie. least one of them at knife point mm-hmm. that's aubrey plaza uh-huh kate mccucci jumps in mm-hmm. that's the thing that's why i say which is lesbian panic because mm-hmm. it was after her uh experience with aubrey plaza's character where she then to prove to herself one way or the other tries to have sex with dave franco well it's interesting i think when they all and one thing i did notice is the first time they all had sex with him they all did it under the pretense that he was a deaf mute. Yeah. And so they didn't go into it with that preconception, like, I need to talk to this guy and say, hey, by the way, I want to have sex with you. They just went in and were like, um, well, there's no talking to him, so I just need to show him what I'm going to do. One of them, yeah, like you said, one of them just goes in and starts taking his clothes off, and, is, and he's like, oh, okay, we're doing this. The other one brings in um, the... Uh, there's one scene the where Aubrey lady. Plaza and the foreign lady have sex with him together. Him. They pull a knife on him. And at first he's like, what the fuck? And then they start fucking him. And then he's like, oh, okay. And then they realize they're like, oh, he's down. And then they throw the knife aside. So yeah, it's, it kind of starts out raping, but it's, there's a lot of sex in this. It's, it's very, um, it's very intense. But. Well, you know, it's interesting though. I mean, these people are playing adolescents mm-hmm. who have no intergender socialization. Mm-hmm. No age, certainly no age-appropriate intergender socialization, and they've never been told what they're doing is wrong. They don't know. I mean, I mean, maybe there's an instinct, maybe there isn't, but they certainly don't know how to go about what they're doing. And there's always a me. Everybody has a me first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's a, it's a, there's a, there are a lot of layers to this film, and there are things that are imperfect about this film that actually make it better. Yeah, it's a really good film. Um, you know, there's a, you know, like you said, they do when they rape him, then it turns out 
that the foreign girl and Aubrey are witches. That's right, witches. And they end up out in the woods. And then, of course, Kate McCoochie. That's, by the way, where the donkey's been going to party on a regular basis. That was one of the best scenes of the whole thing was the poisoning. Oh, yeah. Because the foreign girl pours Wolfbane, is it? She cooks. Yeah, I think Wolf- that's what it was. I think I, she by cooks- the way, there's no good chemistry lessons in this. This is medieval. Yeah, please don't do lessons. this. Um, <laughs> April at You're Going to Be On Podcast Network is telling you don't do this. Yeah. She basically took some, I think it was Wolfbane and a couple other herbs, and they boiled them in water, and yeah. then they left it behind. Now, what Kate McCoochie's character saw was her putting the foreign character putting the potion into the other girl's eyes i don't know why oh i think it was like well that i don't know if that's well again this is like somebody who was alive in 1300 or whatever right probably maybe he didn't do all these crazy drugs but this guy whoever wrote this manuscript was reading the or hearing the gossip of the day or mm-hmm. reading the gossip of the day about what witches would do right so this is all based on okay so what they would I mean, do. we okay, don't even know what the fuck real spells would true. be you know yeah so that's they, true you know they didn't even have wikipedia to get at least uniformly wrong information well they ended up well i mean they ended up sh- having like a uh, a thing with a bunch of witches so there's a way for you know they share information yeah, like a bacchanal but, they were naked dancing yeah they're the fire. naked dancing around a fire in the middle of the night and all this other stuff Saw there was kate sex kate my boobies mm-hmm. yeah you did see kate kate McCoochie's and the boobies. craziest merkin i've ever seen in my life god that was huge did you think she was wearing a black bikini for a minute for a second right that was the but it was perfectly yeah because it was perfectly that's triangular. what it was because it, it was perfectly triangular. Perfectly. anybody with that much of a bush has a treasure trail yeah, and that um, was just. But I got to say, it was hot. I was, was really. A, I was like, I wanted to see a little dark-haired Kate McCoochie. I wish. I wish that I had her. Was her as my girlfriend with a tremendous pubic wedge, just and, thick. Well, it was thick. Like in you got to fight film. your way through that to get. Yeah, to you something. do. Yeah, you got to hack in. But it was so funny though because she had seen the two girls put the stuff in their eyes, but she misinterpreted what mm-hmm, they did. Mm-hmm. She thought they drank it. Well, it's Wolfbane, so she drank it. Yeah, she tripped out, and she tripped out, and then she showed up at the witch thing, and she was like, "Whoa, okay, I can do this," and just threw off her clothes, and then that's where the big giant bush comes in, and then there's all this fun and stuff in the woods, and of course they have the the Franco character tied up on the on the ground, and they're raping him. Yeah, it's it's that's yeah, yeah that's definitely. You know, it's hard to so say. Do we, do we tell the good? Do we tell the happy ending to this, or do we have people? Do we get them this far? No, we should definitely. Watch them? You should watch this movie, guys. It's ninety nine cents. Yeah, or you know, pirate it. Whatever. Um, the casual sex in this is worth it alone. I mean, it's you know, it, it is. There's a lot of really. It's just funny, and the fact that it is based on this this thing that's seven hundred years old or whatever. There's some weird role reversals though in this too. Like well, you the know, women are far more aggressive than you would think. But if they don't, you're going to think. If you look at the, if you look at what's going on and take and take it at face value, John mm-hmm. C. Riley is a hands-off guy. The real boss of them is Molly Shannon, which probably would have been the way it went back then. You know, I mean, in a lot of parts of the world, men aren't even allowed to look at sick like male doctors aren't even allowed to look at sick women. So, right, you know, these people were not that far from that kind of they're, you know living that kind of life probably. Um, so I actually bought that. I mean, I've been I've been. I tend to have women in my life who tell me what to do. Once again, another shout out to Jenna Fay. Uh, <laughs> oh, you know, I want to get, uh, real quick before before we before we. I want to do a special. Can I do a special shout out? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, this is a shout out to uh, one of our listeners, a uh, great great young man, uh, Stefan Para, uh, fellow veteran, uh, real good dude, great beard owner, great great American beard owner. Nice. Uh, I like a good beard. Sweet guy. I met him in a. I met him at a cinema at a couple different shows. Good friends with. Uh, with uh, Chris Smith, Chris S. Smith, and uh, just a great guy. I want to give him a shout-out, uh, a little love in his direction. Thanks for listening, buddy. 
nice. check out um, check out the little hours, buddy. I think you'll enjoy it a lot. I, thank you to all everybody who listens. I'm really, I'm really, uh, I'm starting to get messages from people, and I'm really shocked at how fast this is going and how well it's going. I really appreciate it, everybody. And come and out like to I see said, us. At, we, we do do stuff every once in a while outside, and we'll, we'll you know, we'll, we'll probably get better about promoting mm-hmm. when we're on shows. Uh, you know. Um, there's going to be a show at some point in February. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to definitely be on that one, and that I is uh, all so. women. All well, you're definitely well. You're, well, it's it, if the hot box still exists in February. Well, if I can put the the, the comedy together too, so you'll definitely. Have. Well, you, it's the hot box. It's, it's one of my shows. Nobody expects it to be good. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, we'll put that out there. But if you're a listener and you want to come up and uh, and be weird around some people, uh, you know, come up and be weird around us and tell us that you like the show. Yeah, definitely come out to the hot box for sure. I'm. Uh, what's going on at the hot box on the seventh? What day? Is, what day because is? this is going to release on the fourth, which is Monday the fourth. The seventh is Thursday. That's the um, oh hot box. That's going to be uh, that's going to be VHS Vengeance presented by Films Against Humanity, mm-hmm. and that is going to be hosted by Nicholas Puente, mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Aaron Wagoner, and uh, Mr. Michael Garcia. Nice. And, that should uh, be a lot of fun. Yeah, Damon and I are guys. going to that. So, Well, I look um, forward to seeing you there. Yeah, we'll be there. And in fact, I'm going to, like I said, start next week. I'm going to start hitting open mics again and start practicing for February. Now, this, uh, this showcase that you're doing in February, this is all women. I'm not even hosting it. And it's going to be dirty females? Well, it's the point of it is, is uh, I, I wanted to do, the, I started doing a show called Risky Business. Mm-hmm. Because... Uh, if you don't, if you're a listener, you're not a Portland comic. Um, I sometimes, I'm very cavalier with my with the things that I say, mm-hmm. um, because in my head, I'm not an offensive person, but I will. I like to walk close to. I like to walk close to a line sometimes. Let's just be it. I'll admit it. I like to. I like to give people a challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, and the joke is, you know, like it's always a joke. Oh, you're burning a bridge. You're going to kill your career. So it's like, well, let's just do a joke. There's another thing is that comics will, if you live in a community. You have jokes that you don't tell in that community that you tell the road jokes. Mm-hmm. Like I make fun of Portland. I don't go anywhere, so I have to do it here. Um, but a lot of people have outside of Portland jokes, and it's like let's do a show called Risky Business, and where you just do jokes that you aren't comfortable doing anywhere else. And that way, as a comic, you can just be like, well, the producer of the show specifically said I should do fucked up jokes. Right. I just want to give people the cover, and I don't mind taking the blame for it. And uh, then I was thinking about, well, let's what's all right. So we did like burn your you know career burn your bridge career jokes. Let's do one that's sex jokes. It's really raunchy. And then I was like, you know, I have heard every joke about straight guys' dicks that there is. Right. Um, I don't want. I, 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 I'm not saying there aren't guys that tell good, dirty jokes. There obviously it's all kind, men can tell jokes. Right. There, are, you know, some out there. Um, but I've heard them. I'd rather all of the women that I want to hear the dirty stuff from. Uh, you know, people like yourself. You know, the, the dentist joke. I fucking love the dentist joke. The thing is, like you said, women like to fuck. Yeah. Women comedians write jokes about what they like to do, uh, just like other, every other comedian. And mm. if I can write, find comedians who are comfortable sharing their raunchy stuff, their sex stuff, I'm much more interested in hearing things like that because right. I don't get exposed to it. I don't, you know, we don't. And it, also, I'm going to try to videotape that. We're getting it, uh, getting it up online. and uh, You're going to make me an unbookable is what you're going to do. Well, uh, you Speaking know, of which, go watch that movie. The Unbookables? The Unbookables. I'm friends with Christine Levine. Okay. And um, it's a, it's produced by Doug Stanhope. And it's about Portland Comics, Andy Andrist, Christine Levine. There's like four other comics. Um, oh, God. I'm so horrible with names. But there's one really, like, really good, famous comic that I... His name's escaping me right now. But Just watch the movie. You'll figure yeah, it out. Yeah, watch it out. Yeah, it's called The Unbookables. You can also get that on uh, iTunes, I believe. So, And I just watched it not too long ago. It's really good. But yeah, you're going to turn me into an unbookable. 
Well, you know, the thing is, once you get unbookable in all the cool kid rooms, mm-hmm. then you actually have to become a real comic and get booked in and, uh, and, real comedy rooms. <laughs> uh, I can see that. Where the people in there aren't a bunch of comics who get right. shamed into the possibility. Oh, if you keep showing up and supporting our event, eventually we'll put you on our unpaid fucking showcase. Yeah. Which I have no problem, by the way. Call me if you want me to do your unpaid fucking showcase. Uh, I'll do it. I just won't kiss your ass to be on an unpaid fucking right. showcase. Just, no, no ass kissing. All right. I guess we've gone about, you know what? It's not been too bad. We're only over about 10 minutes. That's so this bad. will be one episode. So. Yeah. But very cool. Thank you for doing this with me again. So, like I said, we've got some interviews coming up. Uh, I'm not. I mean, we've already talked about Jenna Faye. I'm pretty sure that one's solidly going down. I won't. I don't want to mention the other people until I know for sure they're going to record because things have gotten canceled before, and you know how that Absolutely. goes. Absolutely. And then, of course, you don't want like a Louis C.K. situation. Like, oh, you mean Voldemort? Mm, like uh, uh, Stephen Colbert was supposed to have Louis C.K. on on the day. Oh, Jesus. That all this went down, and uh, we watched that episode. Didn't it have been funny? He got a poli- didn't he get a, he get he got a politician to come in and talk, right? Didn't yeah, he? he did. Wouldn't yeah. it have been funny if it had been um, what's his name, Stuart Smalley? Um, oh yeah, you think that would have been funny if that was a politician because he's also a comic. That would actually could have been like that's possible. What that's the fuck true. is that guy's name? You're not talking about Al Franken, are you? Yeah, wouldn't it have been funny if he had gotten Al Franken, Al Franken and then Al Franken and got Al in Franken trouble got, like a yeah, week exactly. later? Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that would have been good. I'm so. keeping an eye on every guy that's commenting on this shit. Yeah, for real. <laughs> uh, you know what, dude? I've done Scumpool. shit. Like, I'm, Damon is really seriously wanting to get Scumpool going. Uh, he bought it, so I think he really wants. He used to do a death pool. Yeah. He he hosted a death pool for years. So, and, and this, for some reason, when you said Scumpool, I saw it on his face, and he did. He instantly went and bought it, and he's looking for programs to get it out there. That's so. great. So, hopefully, Scumpool will become a thing of reality soon. So. Send us your suggestions for Scumpool. Uh, yeah. Who do you think is unlikely to have been a creep? Mm. Who do you think? Or, or put people head to head. Who, you know, take two people. Who's from, the worst? Like, uh, like uh, LeVar Burton uh, versus, my reason was like, is it, who, who do you think? LeVar Burton versus Bill Nye. They're both beloved nerds, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think Bill. I think Bill. I want to say Bill Nye just because I remember his ex-wife saying some fucked up stuff. But his ex-wife's in a divorce. I mean, you know, mm. people are gonna say fucked up stuff. Yeah. I just say nobody's mm. safe from scumpool guys. Yeah, nobody's not, and not even Especially women. women. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna say. Yeah, this is what I'm saying. I've done some things that I'm thinking. I think back on, and I'm like, oh, I was thinking women are unsafe are in the other predatory direction. Predatory yeah. too, but you know, whatever. Well, Schumer got some beef for having sex with a passed out, a passed out person. I've had sex with a passed out husband, so it's a weird. Well, He's that, had sex yeah. with a passed out wife. So. There's, a, there's, there's a weird thing, and I would just say anybody out there, if you're thinking about some sort of ethical stance, I think that's terrific. Mm-hmm. Think it through to its ultimate conclusion. Yeah, because it, it, it. I mean, every it, it's the. I think the thing that people don't want to talk about right now, but it's just going to have to be talked about soon, is that we're going to have to handle these on a case by case basis. And it's going to. I'm so bad at that. It's going to have to depend on. It's it, it's going to depend on the relationship of the two people. It's going to re- depend on the uh, their their relationship, socially, personally, and professionally. Was anybody else there? Did anybody else? You know, it's it's just all of these things are going to have to be done. There's going to be some backlash. There's going to be some liars on both sides. You know who's a good person? I'm just. Uh Give another. Oh, I sound like the fucking president. Another right. shout out and a suggestion, uh, and I think it would be lovely to have this person on the podcast. And, and if not, I, I would encourage the listeners uh, to check out her work. Uh, uh, Teresa Reed, aka Dark Lady. Mm, yeah, you've told me about her. Yeah, she is a, a sex uh, sex positive uh, author, mm-hmm. uh, a critic of uh, sex and culture. 
uh, as well as a uh, an educator in uh, in all aspects of sexuality. Nice. And she's, uh, you know, I think I don't, I don't think I don't think she's self referential. That's one of the reasons I like her. But I would refer to her as an expert in in the things that are related to sex, as far mm-hmm. as culture goes, and that includes consent. Nice. And um, and the nuances, especially if you're dealing in people who are engaged with the lifestyle with BDSM fetish, uh, uh, different types of. I mean, there are all kinds of ways people approach their individual sexuality. There are 7 billion different sexualities because there's 7 billion, billion different, different people. people yeah. um, but she's a, she's a great person. Shout out to her. And that's a, another hopeful guaranteed listener. Okay. And that's towards the end. So and like Melina, another shout out to Melina best. Oh, she's uh, going to have to make it the full hour and 20 she's not minutes. Hear it Cause I'm not going to tell her I'm shouting her out. Somebody else tell her, just tease her about it. Mm. Call her shout out Melina. Shout out Melina. <laughs> is, is this is, we're just going to start talking about Melina for everything. So, all right. So tell you what you should open and close with Melina. It's the only way to Always. guarantee she'll listen to all Um, <laughs> email Chris or me. Uh, you can email Chris at logrisz at gmail.com and with suggestions, opinions, uh, questions for his mailbag, you can email me April at yougonnameow.com. Yeah. Whoa, U G O N N A M E O W. Do you know why we call this You Gonna Meow? I have no idea. I will show you when I hang this up. So thank oh, you. Oh, and also if you have any uh, questions for Ask a Shitty Jew, uh, that's a, that, ask a person, a Jew who's not good at being a Jew. That'd be a good one. That's great. All right. So, yeah, throw us some emails. Let us know what you like, what you don't like, something you want to hear. Let us know. We'll talk about anything because we're bored. We're bored. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I'm starting a business because I'm bored. All right. So, uh, I'm April. This is Chris. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Bless Your Heart on You Gonna Meow Podcast Network. You Gonna Meow? Meow.